Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. So I'm going to just take a few moments this morning to share together over the next few moments. I want to take up a theme this morning, Halloween, the trick behind the treat. I'm going to just deal with that succinctly to the point. So hold on to seatbelts with a little bit of time that we have this morning. I don't want to try and be negative and pull something apart, but look to build something on what we, how we can celebrate the light and life of Jesus Christ this morning. But that's where we're going to go over the next uh, few moments. So I was looking recently, I came across an article, it was, in, it was online, it was the Guardian newspaper, the Guardian Online. And this is the, um, the headline that caught my eye, and it was just this week, and, it's, and it was this, it's become a real monster, how Britain fell for Halloween. And that, was the, and that struck me, uh, that really caught my eye. And not that I'm not an avid reader of The Guardian, but it was just something I happened to be flicking through. And I thought, wow, it's become a real monster how Britain has fallen for Halloween. And, and, and the gist of it is, I'm going to just quote one or two things, not much, but just a little. And, it, and it, this is what it, it led with. It said, uh, it used to be a very American tradition, but love it or loathe it, Fright night is bigger than ever in the UK, and consumers are spending a scary amount. They were doing a play on the whole idea of fright and scare. And it went on to say in 2001, Halloween uh, consumer spending was uh, around about 12 million in 2001. This year, it's expected, and they're extrapolating, it'll be 687 million. It's a lot of money, isn't it? You know, it's three quarters, three quarters of a billion pounds, isn't it? So it, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. Uh, that's what um, supermarkets and those that are selling, that's, that's their goal, <laughs> to, to see 687 million. I don't know how they work that out, but anyway. And uh, a company, a marketing agency, uh, I've never heard of it, but uh, a marketing agency called Three Pipe, uh, it looked at this and it described Halloween as a rising consumer trend. Halloween as a rising consumer... You only have to look at the, what's on TV and, and shops and everything else to, to see that. A rising consumer trend. Uh, in addition to sweets and pumpkins, people also buy lights, smoke machines, Halloween tree, decoration, costume for your dog. Costume for your dog, you know. Uh, we're, we're dog owners, but uh, once largely a kid's thing, it's become a, a young adult thing, parties. And this year, the way in which Halloween falls, it's one, one consumer saying, it's a great party weekend. And that was the sort of idea that's coming out. It's in, in, so, in so a firm um, in October uh, 2021 looked at all of this and basically said this, that Halloween is now the third biggest annual shopping event for supermarkets after Christmas and Easter. So it's quite interesting. I, I, that all sort of struck me at the time. So Halloween, its roots. So, uh, you know, uh, that's 
that's what it is. It is what it is. It's what you see. It's when you go shopping, that's what you're going to see, aren't you? Anyway, and it's what's on telly, etc., etc. And it's a consumer thing. So roots, just briefly, the roots of Halloween. The roots of Halloween come from a, a festival, a pagan festival called Samhain. That's the gist of it. I'm not going to go into great detail, but that's the gist of it. And it's ancient pagan druidic festival. It goes back in the time of this, in this nation, back to the time of even maybe pre the Celts, the Celtic peoples. So you're going back many thousands of years uh, in the time of the Druids. The Druids are the people, if you think of Stonehenge and the summer solstice, where the Druids turn up and get their horns and go, whatever they do with these giant horns, and the, the Druids, okay? So it goes back a long, long way. It's pagan, and it's a Druidic festival. And it, it sort of coincided with late October, early November, when it's dark, cold, and in the pagan world, the sun felt as if the sun had died. The sun in the sky loses its power, and to the pagan world, the worship of Earth and Mother Earth and the sun, and the, the sun had died, and so it's dark, and, it's, and it's, so it's around death and the hope of rebirth, because the sun, in the summer, the sun comes back, and there's this idea of death and rebirth in the, in the whole pagan world. It's dark and cold, and the sun had died, and, and so in, in, at that time and in that world, okay, uh, this is the roots of this stuff, it was a time where you would contact and honour the dead. It's all about death. And the, 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 the sun, the, it was cold. And so there's this idea at that particular time, end of October, beginning of November, the, these sort of few days, it's a particular high point in honouring the dead and contacting the dead. That's the high point. And so it is in the calendar of uh, a witch's coven. And in a lot of witches, there's thousands, probably tens of thousands of witches in the UK, and it's a high point in their coven, their calendar. And, uh, and anciently, they were, and that's to, even to this day, and anciently they would leave offerings outside their home for the spirits. So you would honour the good spirits with a little offering outside your house, and you'd put something else, a light, to ward off the naughty or bad spirits or evil spirits. And uh, you can see, you can sort of see the sort of roots and the sort of background of this going back many thousands of years. So really, in the pagan calendar, it's a time of great spiritual activity. As Christianity spread throughout uh, Europe, this is going back before the Romans, uh, uh, as Christianity began to spread uh, uh, around Europe, what, what happened was that Christianity spread and it covered the whole of Europe and Western Europe and, and uh, these islands. And um, it replaced the pagan festival of the dead and contacting dead spirits with an honouring. Uh, it was called All Hallows. This is where we probably get the name Halloween from now. Uh, and All Hallows Eve uh, was a time for honouring and praying for the departed saints, departed believers. You can see there was this change. And, and so Christianity Christianized as it were, those dates and that time. And they said that, no, you don't worship the sun, you worship Jesus the sun. You can see what happened in our nation. And Christianity then revived, the whole nation was changed, transformed through Christianity, going back thousands of years. And so they began to, and the church, I'm not saying I disagree or agree, but the church at that time 
um, honoured on Hallow's Eve and prayed and honoured the departed saints, departed believers, and thanked God for them, and that, that they would one day see each other at the resurrection of the dead and life. And that's, so that's that. Now, as the centuries have gone by, as the thousands of years have now, you know, several thousand years have gone by, um, the church has had times when it's, it's, the lights have gone dim and the lights have got brighter. We call these revivals. The lights have got dim, the lights, spiritually I'm speaking. But as, as, as the, the, uh, the spiritual strength and power or the light of life, the light of Jesus, is as it's displayed or not displayed within the life of the church, so um, paganism has raised above has bubbled up, and, and you can see that, and 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 that's and that's and so the paganism aspect of Halloween. Lots of people would say, "I've got nothing to do with me," but that that aspect has bubbled up, particularly as the church, I say, the, a general Christianity, has has had periods of being bright and alive, and in, in the nineteenth century, revival, C. H. Spurgeon, and some, and in the West, uh, Hebridean revival, the lights have burnt bright. But then, as, as nature is and human nature is, we can settle and begin to settle, and the lights maybe aren't quite as bright. And so then darkness rises. And that's sort of what we're experiencing, okay? That's what I would say, I suggest to you today. And now add to that, now, something more subtle and just as insidious, I suggest to you, commercialism, right? Commercialism, the selling of darkness and fright as fun. So you speak to someone about Halloween and a Halloween party, they say, oh, well, you're a right party pooper, you are. I'm only going to get dressed up and have a bit of fun. And can you deny me some fun? And I get, but it's the stuff that you get dressed up in. Freddy Krueger mask, if you know who Freddy Krueger is, some of you. You don't want to know. It's not very nice. Quite, quite frightening, actually. Uh, you have on TV, Fright Fest, Fright Night, and it'll all be, I wouldn't watch it myself, slasher movie type stuff. Pretty horrible stuff. But the commercialization is a clever commercialization of darkness, of fright, as fun. Oh, you're only going to take your children to get some sweets, and you're going to dress up in black witchy outfits because witches don't really exist, and they're only having a bit of fun. And, that's, and then selling of the candy. And so when Asda were bought by Walmart, and the, the whole American thing opened up in a huge... I'm not blaming America for everything, by the way. But, you, you know, it sounds as if I am. But, yeah, maybe I am roundabout in a roundabout funny way, maybe. I don't know. But this is big in America for a long time, and it's big in our country now. Uh, but you can see there's a couple of strands. It's quite complicated, really. You can see the bubbling up of darkness... And I don't want to sound alarmist, but that's a fact. The bubbling of paganism. Uh, tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of people in the UK would claim to be pagan today. There are tens of thousands of paid-up witches in the UK today. <laughs> and so you, you see these strands coming together, and we are where we are with the... the so the Guardian says there's this rise of commercialism, etc., etc. Now, I, I would want to um, suggest to you today that the trick behind the treat, the treat is, it's just a bit of fun, and why deny me a party? 
when it's dark and dingy and I want to just have a party with my friends, right? That's the sort of treaty aspect of it. But the trick behind it, and I'm going to say, and I believe is this, that fear and fright is fun. Darkness is fun. It's just a bit of fun. And that's the subtlety in the commercialism of it today. You know, ghosts that are cartoony ghosts. But the roots of this goes back to real ghosts. By the way, goats, spirits are real. I've been in houses in the past where we've prayed for the release of that house from evil spirits called an exorcism. I know not quite like you might see on TV, but I've actually been involved in a number of them over the years. You might not believe it, but I have seen it. It has. It's real. And, um, but cartoony stuff, it, it, it's, it's your friendly Casper, your friendly ghost. You know, he's, he's, your, you know, he's your friend, he's your little buddy. He's that, and it's that, that's the trickery aspect of it, I, I would suggest. It's subtle because it's, it's making fear and fright uh, as fun, party time. And there's a commercial gain, 637 million pounds in the making. That's pretty clever, isn't it? That's clever of them. And the subtlety behind that is, I, would, I feel is this, that we become anaesthetized to all that is dark and evil. That's the danger. Boom, boom. That's the point I want to make right after all of that. There's a danger that we can become, through all of the sort of frivolity and the fun of it, ultimately anaesthetized to that which is dark, death, you know, the, the, the fright aspect. Uh, I would say, the, at the centre, evil aspect. And that, I believe, is dangerous. It's the trick behind. Now, we're called, as believers, and this is where I like to become positive now. So, here we go. So, we're called, as believers, to celebrate the light. That's why we're doing a light party this afternoon for children and families. Celebrate Jesus, the light and life of men and women, the light of the world. We don't just celebrate the light of the world at Christmas in our carol service when we put all the candles on, but Jesus is the light of the world. I love some verses that are going to come up on screen. Look at this. This is John chapter 1, the Gospel of John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. And we read, in him, that's Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that really good? That Jesus is the light of the world. And when he shines in the darkness, he extinguishes darkness. I can tell you, going into a house many years ago in Aberdeen, which was absolutely cold, although the central heating was on full blast. And the family said, we have a poltergeist. They believed they had a poltergeist in the house. I, was, I have to say, I did not enter that house as a great man of faith. I was a bit, I was a bit worried. That's the honest truth. But when we got into the house and we declared, we declared, in him was life. And that life was light of all mankind. The light of Jesus shines into this darkness. And the darkness, the word of God says, the darkness is extinguished, cannot overcome it. There's something to celebrate. He's the God of all the universe. Now, look at this. Now, in the message, which is a paraphrase, it's good. 
but I'm careful because it's, it, it's something I read as an extra devotional alongside something like the New King James or the NIV. But the message, look at this, same verse. Amazing. It's very good what it says. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life and the, the life was light to live by. The light, the life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness could not put it out. The life of Jesus blazes in glory. That's why John in the Revelation said, I, can, I can't countenance his glory. We've been singing about his name is glorious. He is a blazing fire, brighter than the sun. Can you be brighter than the sun? Yeah, God can because God contains the sun. That's incredible. It's amazing. If you just let yourself meditate on that just for a moment, it goes over our heads because we, we've got such a fast pace of life. But wow, isn't that absolutely incredible? Something, someone, not something, but someone to celebrate. His name is Jesus, the life and light of the world who can fill your heart with life and light and fill this world with his glory, life and light. And that's what he's come to do. Now, I don't know about you, but some years ago, if you've been around in church for a little while, can you remember this one by Graham Kendrick? For this purpose. Right, stick your hand up if you can remember, for this purpose, Christ was revealed. Graham Kendrick. This is, this is one if you've been around the block a bit. It's a good one, though. It's a good one. Graham Kendrick. For this purpose, Christ, Graham Kendrick, in the 80s, in the sort of early 80s, Graham Kendrick, I was... Converted in the early 80s, 1980 to be exact. But in the sort of mid-80s, Graham Kendrick was coining, uh, coining, that's not the right word perhaps. He was writing some amazing modern songs that the church worshipped with. They were sort of the Hillsong songs back in the 80s sort of thing. And, uh, and this one, for this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy the works of the evil one. This is scripture. This is actual scripture. Christ in us has overcome, so with gladness we sing and welcome his kingdom in. And then the, lady, the men would sing, over sin he has conquered. Remember this? Remember this one, Sally? Hallelujah, he has conquered. The ladies would go. <laughs> it would get louder as it got, as, and this is what happened. And then it would go, over death, victorious. And the ladies would go, hallelujah, victorious. <laughs> Getting louder and louder because it's more victorious. Over sickness, he has triumphed. And then by this point, hallelujah, he has triumphed. It got louder. Graham Kendrick, Graham, I mean, I'm being silly. I am being silly. I know I'm being But it was a bit like that, if I'm honest. If you remember those days. It, on the acetates as well. Oh, my word. It was, those were the days, the glorious days. But I tell you what, Graham Kendrick, he knew how to celebrate the life and light of the world. That's why they were so amazing. His songs were prophetic. Now they came out of a season in the 80s when times were challenging. There was a bit of a, cha- a decade, some, a bit of a dip, a bit of a decade of challenge. And out of that came de- declaration. The church rose up and said, we're going to catch fire again. And I, I, quite a lot of people became Christians in the 80s. I was swept into the kingdom of God from a background of not believing in anything. My, my Helen was, became a Christian in the early 80s, just like myself. Lots of peers in my, sort of my age range were swept into the kingdom. The church caught a light and alive. And God calls us to celebrate the light. 
We can all say, ooh, Halloween, ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's celebrate the light. Let's, let's, let's come alive. Let's show life and light. How beautiful is Jesus. Um, with this, I'm going to want to close in the next, uh, just a few moments, but I just want to just, um, some couple of practical things. Dan Walker. I don't watch this program strictly, strictly. That's it. Some of you do, don't you? Yeah, you do. Ruth does. She's just declared, uh, nailed her colours to the mast. I do. I do. Well, Strictly Come Dancing, a guy called Dan Walker, a year ago. Dan Walker is a BBC presenter. He used to present the BBC News. He now does Five News. Dan Walker is an out-and-out Christian, and he used to present some of the sport, like, like football and stuff like that. He's a really good presenter. And Dan Walker, great Christian man, when he was on Strictly Come Dancing, when it came to Halloween... He dressed in a, as a lobster, he and his dance partner. And they got a lot of flack for it, and some people said you were great for it. And Dan Walker said this, even for on Strictly, I don't celebrate Halloween. He's a Christian. And he said this, he said, as a dad, we send our children, we, go to, uh, we celebrate light, and we go to a light party. And he wouldn't do it. He got a bit of flack for it, but he shone. Isn't that good? I don't know about you, I think that's a really good thing. So we always say in Christianity, why aren't we being public? He did it in a really good way, though, and he thanked the BBC. He was good about it. He said, thank you to the BBC that they let me dress up as a lobster. <laughs> Rather than in Halloween outfit. He, didn't, he said, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I believe in the light, Jesus. And we send our children to light parties. And he said, what sort of dad would I be if I dressed up in Halloween and said to my children, we believe in the light? He said, it'd be disingenuous. So he said, I won't do it. Amazing. I think that, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty amazing. I think that's a person celebrating the light. So, without further ado, let's shine for Jesus. The worship team, they could come back. That'd be great. Let's shine for Jesus. Let's show up. You know, in church life, we can all just be at the sidelines and tell everybody what you should be doing. But let, you're here today. You've showed up, which I think is fantastic. We want to be here. We want to be with it. But let's, in our hearts, show up in our world Show up at work, you know, as a Christian, I mean, in your local church. Show up as a believer. Don't sit at the background and become a, a couch critic and tell everybody what they should be doing and what you could be doing. But let's do it ourselves. Show up. Let's, let's not only show up, but let's stand up. Stand up. Believe what you believe. We've got to get bright again. You know, as a church, you've got to believe what you really believe. I, I, I am a bit bit amazed when, look, I hope I'm not sounding judgmental, but on social media you can't sometimes help but see Christians attending this Halloween thing and dressed up as a witch and stuff. And I, I mean, that's, that's if, you, if you want to do that, that's up to you. But let's burn bright. Let's, let's stand up for what we believe. If we really believe this, Dan Walker did. How amazing was that guy? I think that's pretty amazing. Stand up for what we believe. Not stand on a soapbox and talk down to people and be unkind, but say, I believe in the light. That's about darkness. You, you know, you're not a bad person. You, you might not realise that that's darkness. But what about the light? Jesus, the light of the world. And I believe in the light. And listen, let's, let's stand up. And finally, speak up. Speak up. You don't talk down to people, but, but not be afraid to say. You know, my Helen, when she was um, a classroom assistant, uh, our girls went to a particular school in uh, Newcastle-upon-Tyne, a great school, it was a Catholic school. It was the closest school to us. And uh, it was the closest school, so our children went there. And we're not Catholics. We explained that, but they said, you, you know, your children can come. And, uh, but they had a Halloween party in this school. So my Helen, 
bless her heart, she said to the head teacher, his name was Alan Egdal, Mr. Egdal, do you, you know, this is all about darkness. And, and she explained what I just explained, and we celebrate light. And as a Catholic school, Christian school, we celebrate the light. He says, you're absolutely right. And he said to her, do you know what? I've waited for a long time for a parent to come and say that to me. I can now go to the board and we'll say we're not going to do Halloween. And they didn't that year. Can you remember that, Leanne? Mr. Egdal, and it's because my Helen didn't get all funny about it. She said, what about the light? Let's celebrate the light. So we've got to speak up. There's a right way of doing it with our lives as well as our voice. Burning bright. This is why a few weeks ago we, we talked about fresh fire. We need a fresh fire. You know, we, this is about three weeks ago. We spoke about a desire to come alive and alight again and believe what we believe. Let's stand. Shall we stand together? As the days get darker, I heard someone say this. The church needs to get brighter. This is a time for the church to come alive. Fresh life. Fresh hope. Be renewed, burn bright, come alive again. And I'm not saying that we're dead, I'm not, but look, we maybe need to burn bright. We just need to renew, re-energize, be refreshed. Perhaps you need to be refreshed. Maybe you need to be restored. I don't know, renewed. But, but whatever we do, let's come alive again. Let's burn bright. Let's see the church in this nation burn bright again. And I tell you what, that's what you call revival. Revival is when the church burns bright and it affects and illuminates the world. And that's what we're called to do. And so that's our desire. And so this Halloween, let's burn bright, whatever that means. I don't know what it means for you. I don't know what, but let's burn bright for Jesus. In his name, in his name we pray. Father God, we love you. We honour you. We thank you. Today we say we give you our hearts and lives. Lord Jesus, I don't know what people face at home and in their lives and at work. The challenges, there are challenges amongst us all here. But we pray, that we thank you that you've sent the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us and amongst us. And so we pray, set us afire again. Set my heart afire again. Come and burn, O light of the world, that you might shine in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish you or overcome you. The opposite is true. You overcome all darkness. May you overcome darkness in me and in our neighbourhood and in our nation and the nations. For your glory and in your mighty name we pray. Amen.